As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you, Why mad? you mad? Hey, Luisa, what's up? Hi, Jake. How's it going? Good. I'm in a hotel room in West Virginia right now because... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm driving across country, not doing shows. I'm just driving for <laughs> reasons that I can't go into detail for uh, incriminating myself purposes. But it's it's very expensive mm-hmm. to insure a car if you live in New York because uh, the insurance companies are racist against podcasters. But <laughs> uh, if it's the car lives somewhere else and just wants to hang out in new york for a while then it's not mm. so gotcha, gotcha. unrelated i'm driving across the country right now um so i'm chilling i'm in west virginia and i just bought a six pack of tall boys for four dollars amazing oh hello lucy sorry i was showing you <laughs> she's like on top of the Podcasting equipment. Yay. That's cute. Uh, I can't believe that. Six pack for $4? Of tall what boys. Kind of beer, though? Hams, which is like local swill, but like I like hams. I'll drink it at a bar. <laughs> You're like, I love local swill. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a like PBR my, my or whatever. Perfect beer. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. That's like uh, when I went to Miami. God, I'm such a drunk now. Uh, when I went to Miami, uh, a Jameson Rocks mm-hmm. is like four dollars. <laughs> oh, man, four dollars. So then they, I would like order it, and then every time the waitress or the bartender would be like, uh, "You just want to make that a double?" And then I'd be like, after the first time, I was like, "Yeah, how much is it?" And they're like, eight dollars. I'm like, "Yeah, but for the double, eight dollars." I was like, "Oh." Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is hilarious. I'm gonna have three doubles, please. <laughs> and then I'm like smashed. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's like and it's so cheap. Yeah. It's insane how you can go to another part of this country and be like, I'm in a third mm-hmm. world country and my money is gold and everyone has yeah. to respect me at the bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, it's part of why I think I'm going to try to like uh, go see more weird places in America. It's been on my to-do list, so I'm going to try to do that. Getting a car is a good first step. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. In theory, I was like, oh, road work. But then, like, I don't yeah. know what the fuck's going on with COVID or whatever. I don't Maybe I'll just take it to go, you know, in COVID with a car, you can just, like, drive somewhere and then just go be like, I'm at the beach, but COVID, so I can't talk to anyone. I don't fucking know. I don't know. This yeah. is kind of an impulsive situation. And I'll, let me tell you, driving through this country is weird. And it, I find it very depressing and odd and this place scares me i don't know when there aren't shows to do and you're just driving through like alabama and mississippi and shit and like the true detective part of the country it's weird out here man (laughs) i I i'm so like like when people in red states you know, they they complain about like, oh, you latte, coastal elitist, you couldn't survive one minute without your Bushwick city bike. And I'm like, you're so right. Like, I never want to leave New York. Never, yeah. Why would I want to? <laughs> yeah. This sucks. Why would I do that? 
I yeah. can't believe anyone. I don't know how anyone here has a social life. Like, there's not enough of it for me in the most social place on earth. To tell you the truth, you know, like I've traveled alone to other countries, and I don't think that I would drive across America alone. <laughs> really? It scares me. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking weird, man. Yeah. I mean, maybe it depends which path. I don't know. But no, I think there's like no way to get. No. <laughs> like, how do I get from like sort of safe to safe? I got to take a plane, man. There's no other way. <laughs> there's no like, yeah, if you game it out and look at like a map yeah. of the country, there's no way to do it without going through at least one Something weird horrible. ass state. Because yeah. <laughs> there's like yeah. a whole line of them that just goes like right through the middle. And you're like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, dude. No, no, thanks. And like uh, in Florida, you know, Miami-Dade County is the lowest part, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like where the Latino people are and then the Keys and the Everglades. (laughs) And then uh, above that, starting with Broward and Monroe and whatever, like as soon as you cross county lines, like you would drive, you know, to go somewhere. Yeah. As soon as you cross the county line, you would get pulled out, pulled over, like almost immediately because... They were racist motherfuckers, and they knew that if you had Dade County plates, you were more than likely going to be le- like black or Latino. Yeah. So you would just immediately get pulled over all the time, and like your car searched and whatever the fuck. Uh, so I'm really not trying to go farther in than that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the outskirts. I went to New Jersey, where I saw like in New Jersey, I learned that such a thing as a red flag red lives matter flag exists what the and i was like what the fuck is this and my brother just looks at me and he's like oh it's for racist firefighters <laughs> and it's like oh great got it Thank oh you. yeah they have all those different blue lines and like different colored punisher skulls yeah. and shit the yeah. yellow one is exactly. ems or something and then like I think that there's one that's bouncers. A friend of mine was telling me it's really funny. There's like a million. Oh you know, my god, really that is so funny. Ones. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, like when I sound like I'm uh, hating on America, and it sounds like it's like oh I'm uh, you know making fun of flyover states or something like that. I'm like nah, dog. This is like right next to us everywhere that I've ever been. Yeah, because I've seen like horrifying racist shit in like Upper California. <laughs> <laughs> and then also like right outside of New York City because if you just go like upstate New York horrifying it's like Trump country yeah. <laughs> and people like give you dirty looks if it's, you speak Spanish it's weird you it's go north scary. and then you're in the south it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah exactly it doesn't make any sense at all and it just is like I think the weird thing of when people say like oh coastal elites right it's so weird because these cities are like high concentrations of poor and working class people who like need cities for the services that the cities can provide if everything ran well and all of this stuff. And the majority of the country that sometimes will act like these cities are just like, ooh, elitist and privileged and whatever and, and like look down on them. Most of that, most of that part, like the whole rest of the country, like the majority, is bad. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. It's like terrifying, dude. It's terrifying. There's like I well, am not comfortable with like large spaces of open. You like, also like you have to if you want to live out here. Like I'm like oh you know fucking four dollar beer is so cheap, right? But like 
you have to have like a car and a house for this to function yeah. at all. Otherwise, yeah. you're like fucked and like socially. I mean, I don't know. I was thinking about the trad stuff a lot when I was out here because I was like, you know, in like parts of the country like this, young people have like a college town and then they sort of hang out the way like we hang out in cities. And then after you're yeah. like a certain age, you know, you either you have to pair off and go marry someone and get a house because there's just like there's no like it's, everything's so spread out you just you don't live like yeah. you're in a city and like go just do stuff so like you have to enter into this second part of life or be like a weird old person that still hangs around a college town everyone like jokes <laughs> about like if, as if the you know whoa yeah. why is this guy still here or whatever so like it's, it's set up kind of like by design for for you to like I mean, it makes more sense. I would feel like a crazier person out here explaining the way I live to people totally. and going like, yeah, I just do whatever I want all day or whatever, you know? Uh, I mean, I, I 100% think that um, part of my unhappiness growing up and my depression and bleak outlook on the world was that, was that I like was in like a beautiful, shiny Miami with, you know, it's hot. It's fucking summer all year round. Everybody's sexy and hot and has their titties out. And I'm like, the world is ending. Have you guys heard of climate change? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, this is fucking horrible. I can't believe that you're all, like, planning your weddings already. And, like, everybody just thought I'm a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm, like, ruining these people's, like, fucking fancy party time on their way to get married and have babies. And I feel insane. And then getting out of it, you're right, like, or being in cities. Well, but I think what it is, it's not anything inherent about the city. It's the fact that people in small towns are there because of inertia most of the time. And people in cities are there because they undertook a huge change in their life to go find something different most of the time. Yeah. Right? Unless like they they're like natives of that city or whatever. Right. Um so I think we end up like it's like a sieve sort of <laughs> or like a self-selection where a bunch of the people who are likely to feel like us and like traditional paths offered in their small town are not sufficient for them are like likely to self-select to go to a bigger city. So then we do find each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well that that kind of segues nicely into something i want to talk about today i've got a hot one man yeah okay cool let me interject that i uh remembered that i do want to talk to you about the matrix did you do it on pda already uh yeah but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i just have to tell you about it because it's related to this but no but tell me what's the big one that you got i'm sure it'll be related because it's about tragedy shit for me (laughs) is it about kujaku my favorite character um no, is <laughs> is the flying manta ray thing? It's in the movie for like half a second. One of the characters, like this this flying like sea creature robot thing, comes up to a bunch of the the Matrix people, and this lady, and they're all like about to fight it. And this lady goes, "No, Kujaku is a friend," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh right." <laughs> <laughs> to me, is a, I fell out of my chair laughing. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's so funny. It's just, it never shows up again. It's just, they just threw it in there to be like Poochie or whatever to sell Kujaku toys. But, um, hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, before we get to that, okay. So, this has been on the back burner for a minute. I thought about this. Mm -hmm. I think we were talking about something else this week, and I was like, I got to put a pin in this because I really want to talk about it. So, there's this quote 
bell hooks died a couple weeks ago maybe a month or two ago at this point i can't remember um mm-hmm. and when she died everyone was you know doing the thing that they do when someone dies and you know sharing all their stuff or whatever and there's this very uh polarizing bell hooks quote that i like but a lot of people really were like this is not it you know i people were arguing about it right here's a quote yeah she says okay, hit me queer not as being about who you are having sex with that can be a dimension of it but queer as being about the self that is at odds with everything around it and has to invent and create and find a place to speak and to thrive and to live right that's how she defined Mm -hmm. queer and i think it's a good definition and uh but a lot of people get their hackles up when someone is that inclusive to a concept like that because i think the knee-jerk reaction that you hear from people is like well you know this is inviting all these people into this concept so it cheapens the definition of it and then you know this is like an insult to people who have actually um you know suffered right because now you're allowing anyone who's ever scraped their knee to go i've been exactly as you know put upon as you and yada 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 right and I think it's bullshit. I think that take is bullshit. Um, yeah. And so I was thinking about this because you always hear this word like gate kept, but mm-hmm. it's not a defined word. And the only, the thing that people will do to make a distinction, to try to draw a line in the sand is they'll go, you shouldn't call yourself queer. Like you shouldn't use that word unless uh, you have sex with someone of the same gender as yourself or whatever right yeah here is a thought experiment i was throwing around in my head while i was thinking about this while i was driving here's i think i I could break this paradigm by doing a little riddle okay so what about trans people right when someone is trans let's say you're a trans woman and you have sex with uh, let's right off the bat rule out bisexuals because everyone you agree that's queer. I know I was going to tell you that like it's I mean maybe to your point a very brief introduction um, maybe to your point I think it's actually like really gross the way that people will be like oh women who are who claim to be bi but like have mostly only dated men like you should you shouldn't be allowed to call yourselves queer or whatever like bisexuality isn't real that is like gross gatekeeping like it's really how are you different than somebody telling you you're a boy and you're not supposed to dress like that right it's stupid it's like it's honestly it's it's the same thing but it's just dressed up as like woke and it's like no you're actually because they're saying they're pretending that including that person somehow harms them yeah. Like it ha- harms your definition of queerness or your identity in a way to open the umbrella up. And it doesn't in any way. As a matter of fact, um, normalizing things to the point of like, yeah, look, it's not a fucking exclusive minority to a group that's willing to perform it in this way that society determines that queerness is performed. Yeah. Why I, I, you know, I don't know. Well, let's flesh that, that out. Like, yeah, because I think. Oh, go. OK, so take Take a, a example of like a trans woman, right? Male to female transitioned into a woman. Mm-hmm. That person has sex with women. You might call that like a lesbian or something, uh, or maybe straight, depending on how you. I don't know. Like, what is that, right? Uh, well, if you call that person a lesbian, what about on the other hand, 
trans women who only have sex with men. Yeah. If you call one of these one thing, you have to call another one another. Like, right? I mean, so then they're straight, right? Here's what so I'm getting. If, if yeah, right. In queerness their, is just okay. defined by who you have sex with. Yeah. One of these people you have to kind of de facto call straight, but that's absurd. Exactly. No one is going to look at a fucking trans person and call them straight. Like they're not. They're, you're they're, more importantly. You're not going to not call them queer. Like, that obviously fits Oof, into the... But here's the thing. There are people, including trans people, who are of the mind... For example, a common saying now is um, trans women are women, and therefore, like, you're not supposed to even be saying trans women are women. It's just women. You get me? Yeah. So, to your point, like, if we are say If we agree, I agree, you know, people are the gender that they identify with then and we go to like the person with the logic you were explaining says well queerness is based on who you have sex with then if a woman is having sex with a man regardless of their body parts involved that's straight sex so we've like if you go down i don't agree with that (laughs) so (laughs) that person though the person making that argument has gone down like a rabbit hole so far that they effectively push you've pushed a group of people out of the lgbtq like acronym that serves as a yeah so that's kind of like i don't know i don't know about that right um yeah you know and i this is just semantic bullshit to me like because i tend to agree with what bell hooks is saying about how it's like no, no no this is all shorthand for like an experience that is unquantifiable in as much as it's just like being a misfit like and no you yeah know, but i understand i see how that's like a little problematic but like i was thinking about this because i've been reading um laura jane grace's books so right off the bat we one time got yelled at for uh dead naming laura jane grace by referring to that person's name earlier in their music career um, I'm just gonna throw this out there. You can yell at me again, uh, whatever. I'm sure I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm in territory that is out of my depth, but I want to make a you know an earnest argument. So please, whatever you got to do. Um, I, I'm reading their book. I'm a big fan of Laura Jane Grace and the band Against Me. And uh, th- like this person, when they write about their life, does not seem like particularly touchy about referring to themselves by their old name like half the book is written from that point of view and stuff and is like it's funny like this person's like telling stories about having a dick piercing and hanging beer cans off of it and it's it's like it's told like from a perspective that does not seem to me to be very like sensitive it seems to have a kind of a awareness and sense of humor so uh, i at some point I might call them by their name, which they do in the book. Like they, they say, you know, when I was Tom Gable or whatever. Ugh. So disclaimer off the bat or whatever, but um, it's a really good book. Um, I'm fascinated by it. It's very why you mad ish because it juxtaposes two similar conflicts that this artist was going through, which is that over the course of their career, which is that, um, so against me was a fucking crusty anarchist band when they first started in uh, Gainesville, Florida. And 
they kind of invented like not invented but they were really like really the biggest folk punk band that all the modern folk punk kind of came out of and they had a like a cult following and then they struck it big and they started flirting with like major label money and they started getting like accused of selling out and like throwing um you know and and uh, betraying like you know purist anarchist morals by like doing this thing with their art and they were you know in the book she talks about being very conflicted and going i don't know you know whether this is the right decision but also you know the the music that i was making just you know went in a certain direction yeah 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 and they followed the art and like really grappling with whether they were changing their art to make the money or they were just happy to be making money off the art and you know whatever right simultaneously this person who was born tom gable and was you know a, a young like punk guy while this is happening is describing through the story of this book like coming to understand dysphoria and how they you know they didn't even know what was ha- like there wasn't words for it when it was happening but slowly they you know came to understand that they were a trans woman and then eventually they came out um but in this book man i really i really like can relate to some of the stuff that she's saying about like the creative process because all of the against me songs were written basically when this person was presenting as a guy and living their life and really like, you know, angsty because they could not like complete the circuit of their self. And so they had this ritual of getting just drunk and high and fucked up and writing all these songs like alone or on like the curb out in front of the punk house that they lived in and stuff. And I fucking do that. Like I have that same ritual and they said that like, you know, they describe all these stories about like how they were in relationships and clearly if you're in a relationship and you're not like your whole self, like they eventually fall apart and stuff. And that they always, that they also had this like project, you know, they had the punk band and stuff, but in the punk band, they had like all these situations they they tell like through the story of the book of like, you know, knowing that you're a woman inside and then having like your bandmates be like, um, like there's this one story before they go on stage. One of the guitarists is going like, all right, boys, come on, boys. We're just a bunch of regular dudes. They just keep hammering home. Like we're guys. Right. And like, it's, you know, wearing on them. And then what do you do a week later? You fucking go drink about it and you get it all out of your system and you're like dealing with it. Right. And like, um, there's also this story that I fucking really like kind of been chewing on. It really haunts me, which is cause it's kind of about comedy, which is that, she was talking about being at a food truck after a show one night with the band and a bunch of like, uh, like transvestites, like drag Queens or whatever, walk up to the food truck with them. And, you know, from far away, they look like women and they get closer and it's like, Oh, you can tell, you know, these are men in drag or whatever. And so all of her like bandmates start making jokes about it, you know, and like egging each other on like, Oh, why don't you go hook up with one of them? Oh, you know, it's a dude and all this stuff. And Laura, who's writing the book explains that they went along and made these jokes too. Right. And they said that at that moment, 
that felt worse than the band sellout stuff. Like that was like existentially selling out. And that thing that you do when out of self-preservation, you perpetuate the system that hurts you by buying into it in the short run is like so much more wearing on you than, Oh, I sold a fucking song for, you know, we got a record contract or whatever. And like, I've been thinking about this all because this also relates to these two other fucking books. I read the body keeps the score and chasing the scream because, you know, they talk about this thing where like, like I related to Laura Jane Grace's story when she was a young person. Cause she talked about how she just, like the only things that could really like make her feel anything were drinking, doing drugs and writing music, you know? And like, that's what you do when you literally like you're in a situation where you can't feel anything because, you know, the way it's described in chasing the scream is, you know, addiction is a disease of loneliness. Like, you literally can't connect with anyone around you because you're not living as yourself. So you're living through these moments, like these moments I'm describing with the rest of the band, where you're behind a glass wall. And you're like, I can't really tell my bandmates who I am. And I can't really tell the women I'm dating who I am or whatever. And, you know, when you so you are you don't have connection, which is like a fundamental thing that you need. And so you replace it with a facsimile for it. Addiction is a disease of loneliness, right? Addictions, booze, drugs, and if you're a creative type, fucking music or jokes or whatever. Like the process of like, you know, creating all this stuff. And against these lyrics, all before Laura Jane Grace ever came out, you go back and read them now, and they're all in the book and stuff. It's all there. Like it's all like they were like hints because this thing was like bursting out of this person or whatever, and. So, like, I'm reading this book, and I'm like, man, like, this is, like, this is so, like, I could see it. It's, like, so clear to me. And then I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, well, let's reverse engineer this. If you know someone who, like, you don't know what's going on with them, but you know that they have a ritual where they drink and do drugs and it's the only time they ever feel alive you can safely assume that there is some level or some form of unease and dysphoria happening inside of them you don't need to then audit them and go well is it because you have sex with men or women or you know and like let me make sure that it's okay for you to then claim because you already have the proof that they are going through some unquantifiable, like, alienation. And that should be all you need to treat them like a fucking human being with, like, empathy and stuff like that. And it's just, like, so fucked up that we go about it the other way around. We're like, I don't, like, you're like if you're in pain, I only care about the pain if it's this specific version of it or whatever. Like, all this shit should be fucking irrelevant, you know? <laughs> like... The idea of being empathetic to people should, should, shouldn't be so, like, scrutinizing. It should be... But then I, I understand how it gets into... Where it's like, well, okay, but these spaces are specifically for a certain, like, you know, network to support people that are going through a specific type of 
fucking alienation or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. I mean, you shouldn't. Because you're also asking people to out themselves by going like, you know, do you feel bad? Well, I won't empathize with you unless you explain to me that it's exactly the right, like, kind of... Fe- Why don't you just fucking be nice to people when they feel bad or whatever? I don't know. What do you think? Huh. Well, a lot. Um, a lot, because... Uh, I mean, I certainly agree with your point about, like, why don't you just be nice to people, <laughs> period, <laughs> not even just when they feel bad, but, like, um, starting back with the Bell Hooks um, quote, like, I think that the problem is really that is tra- traditionalism. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is my 2022 fucking tall people. Yeah, take a drink, everybody. Um, but here's why. Hear me out. Uh, the reason is because, okay. So queer people, well, before I go there, <laughs> uh, you know, the example that you were giving about Laura Jean, right, Jean. In, the, in the book, and she's talking about the time when she identified as a man, uh, or not, I'm sorry, not identified, but lived as a man, right, and uh, created as a man and dealt with his problems as a man, right, because to be honest with you, the drinking and going out to like be artsy and like deal with all your problems instead of like dealing with it in a healthy other manner is uh, mostly a man thing. <laughs> it's not that women don't do it, but it is mostly a man thing. You know what I mean? So sure. he did live and I'm saying he because I'm specifically talking about the person pre-transition. Whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you don't yell at us. We did the disclaimer yeah, or exactly. yell at us later. You already uh-huh. yelled at me. Yeah. Um, so... And it matters because I am ta- I am sp- specifying that this behavior, you know, like is male and it's not. And, and by that, I mean, socially, like society has made it a, for a whole bunch of reasons, a way that men deal with discomfort and um, loneliness and fucking not fit, not fitting in all their problems, whatever, everything. Right? Yeah. But so at the time, he is actually speaking as a trad right because he's like doing everything he can to fit in with the boys you know doing what society expects you to do and expects you to be and fucking you don't like what somebody just said to you suck it up or fight them right like that's what you're supposed to do um uh, other people around you are making fun of queer people then yeah you join in on doing that um and so what i want to propose to you and to the people who would disagree with the bell hooks quote even though you don't disagree with it, um, is that it is traditionalism. It is the expectation of society opposed upon all of us that causes us this pressure in life, right? And so, you know, I don't know. To me, it's this is a problematic conversation, not even because of trans people and queerness and that being like a sensitive topic that you have to respect. It's difficult because I think that the natural modern state is for us to have a psychic like fissure sort of like we the modern condition is that we consistently exist between the extremes of hubris and despair and which means that we go from we are nothing and we mean nothing and nothing we can do can change the world to my thoughts and my ideas are the most important and most brilliant and I deserve a platform and people should hear me and why don't people care about what I have to say, all right? And we all 
swing between those two extremes every single day. Okay, it is Latour's definition of modernity. And that feeling is caused in us by a bunch of different things, right? The rhizome, by capitalism, by colonialism, by like um, being displaced by those of us who have like lost our national identity, you know, and lost our connection to our cultural identity. Uh, imagine like people who are adopted, people who have no family because they, everybody died. Like every fucking person on earth exists under this like psychic schism where you're supposed to like care enough about your life to care for yourself and care for others and do good and try to contribute to something and get a good job and do whatever fucking have a baby and blah, blah, blah. But then also you're told every day, climate change and virus and capitalism and we're, it's all going to be over and your kids not going to be able to go to college and you can't afford a house and like constantly it's just hubris and despair there are there is no middle ground in modern life right and what i think has happened with the trans and queer thing is that um a because of the reality of their life in that and by they i mean like those queer people lgbtq people who couldn't pass right? They, it's sort of like black people in the racial uh, schematic of things, where, uh, at least, especially in America, you know, black people, there's no real version of you can pass, except in cases where people are very, very light skinned. And so it was like, their burden to have to be the people doing civil rights movement and be the people trying to change the laws because they had no other choice. You get me? Like they couldn't pretend to be white Right. <laughs> and queer people and trans people. They were people who kind of were in a similar situation where they couldn't pretend to not be who they really felt like they were. You get me? The ones who could, many millions there are millions of queer and trans people who died in the closet who got married to a cis person of whatever the opposite gender is who had babies who lived the whole good christian cis american man american dad life you know what i mean yeah but the visible ones the ones who went out there and marched and like changed shit and even like uh became public figures like rupaul even you know like to the made themselves the the vi visible uh part of like we exist and you have to acknowledge this so what they did was be the front line and lay the groundwork for other people because even if you are not gay let's say if you ever like had a gay uncle <laughs> when you were little like, that's the guy that is, like, totally different from your other uncles. And he lives a fucking different life. And he, like, dresses cool. And, like, you just meeting a person who had to face his whole family down and say, hey, I'm not like what you expected of me. And this is who I'm going to be. And you can take it or leave it. And who has faced the world. And, yeah, faced violence and hate for it and all this shit. That gives you the inkling. You know, we're monkey see, monkey do animals. And it's not as possible as we think to, like, come up with a brand new way to live, right? The only way it even occurs to us is to have these people in our lives who show you that it's possible to live a different way or to want to live a different way. Yeah. And that's what I think trans and queer people, especially trans and queer people of color, have done for all of us who feel this pressure of the world is expecting me to be something that literally crushes me if I try to be it, 
You know what I mean? Right. And what's shitty about it is then, unfortunately, in the world, there are people who want, who want like false, what do you call it? Stealing valor or who want attention for any reason or who want. So, yeah, there are people who are like, you know, I fucking knew girls who like made out with other girls for attention because guys like that or whatever, you know, like, yeah, um, for sure. It's going to happen. That doesn't mean it doesn't take away from anybody's real fight in this. You get me? Just because there's like some coattail writers, it doesn't take away from your experience as a queer person or as a trans person. If somebody who isn't queer or trans by however you define that, but they come to you and they say, I fucking respect your struggle and I identify with trying to live differently than what everybody ever expected me to be. Why would you see that as an affront? You know what I mean? Yeah. I I certainly don't think that my experience is similar to a trans person, but like, uh, so you saw the matrix, right? This is perfect. Actually. Uh, the only (laughs) thing I wanted to bring up about the matrix is that, so you remember basically that the whole premise is that, um, Trinity and Neo, every time they meet up uh, in any of the Sims or whatever, any of the situations, everything goes bad, right? So we basically figure out that it's not that he was the one, it's that them together are capable of always undoing the Matrix, right? Yeah. And so what they had to do was come up with a program that kept them both near each other because they're, like, powerful together, but kept them so enthralled you know, and so like in like tied up with the matrix that they would never escape it. And for him, they made him a video game designer. And so they basically gave him the never ending problem of like create a fake world within a world and then try to escape it and then make a new version of it. You get me? So they trapped him in the real problem that he had in his human brain, but they made it a, no, you're creative and you're success, successful at it. And fucking, this is your job now. So they like framed it into capitalism and creativity and fucking game production, like ridiculous. And then hers, Jake, <laughs> is she's got a hot husband and kids and a dog. Yeah, Chad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally but, named Chad. Yeah, dude. And so, like, the thing is that, you know, you might think that what I'm about to be say is, like, oh, how insulting that that's the fantasy they said caught her. The opposite. I think it is perfect that that is what <laughs> they put. Because that is the reality. If you look around us, the thing that keeps you the job you hate is the kid you have to feed. The, the thing that keeps you with the husband that cheats on you that is a piece of shit is the kid that you don't want to be embarrassed because you're, you have two separate households now. Yeah. Fucking, it is only, you know, like she, Trinity, at the end when she like beats up the dude, whatever, she's like, or, you know, the new Mr. Smith or Agent Smith, she's like, that one was for bringing kids into this. Right? <laughs> yeah. Be- God, because, sucked. which is like corny as hell. I know. So corny, right? But Kujaku. like. But. <laughs> <laughs> But to me, okay, so, uh, like, hear me out. What I'm trying to say is that, like, you know, obviously, this, the Matrix, all of it can be seen as an allegory for the transition of being trans, right? Of, like, uh, separating yourself from the social programming that told you you're supposed to be X gender or behave a certain way because of your genitals or whatever the fuck. And then having the courage and the power to break through it, because it's one thing to realize it, but the second thing to then 
make the moves and actually escape it and then live your life differently. Right? Yeah, take the red pill. Exactly. And so this is what I think is, I think is like, uh, it supports the bell hooks uh, quote and a lot of what you were saying in that what, something we all have in common with trans people is this, is that society has programming that functions on, upon us from the moment they were born, even from before, <laughs> because their parents are playing like music into their fucking belly and stupid shit like that. You know what I mean? So like from the moment you're born, there's shit about like what colors you're supposed to like, how you're supposed to behave, whether your hair can be long or not. Do you get your ears pierced as a baby because you have a fucking vagina instead of a penis? Like what the fuck? It is bad, Jake. It's bad from the very moment that you're born it's not just about gender, but it starts being about like what job you're supposed to be, like what, where you're supposed to live, what God you're supposed to believe in. Everything, um, you know, I think I've told you before that it's something like in America, it's like ridiculously high, like something like 87% of people buy the same brands for regular items that their parents did and like without ever trying another brand. God, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, like, you just always had craft mayo, so you just always have craft mayo. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, fuck it. That's what I always had. So, I need you to understand, and you, I mean, the people listening, is like, the fucking majority. When I make fun of trads, it's like me being silly, because the majority of the people are trads. Most of us are following the path that is laid before us for again many reasons because it's easy because it's rewarding because it builds community because you like to please the family member whatever your your parents i don't know whatever the fuck because you believe that you want kids because you've always wanted to be a mother or is it that you had a baby doll in your hands before you ever heard what an architect was or what a fucking mathematician was right yeah so is it was it really your idea <laughs> was it really <laughs> something that you fucking always wanted or wasn't it you were taught like yeah play house and play doctor and here's a whole little fake kitchen for you and take your doll around in a little fucking stroller that's exactly like your stroller oh my god look at you you're a baby but you have a baby that's great isn't that great of course 20 years later you're like i fucking have to have a baby soon look at this baby <laughs> i want to have a baby too everybody's got a baby it's fucking insane you know what i mean and then as far as, like, um, the gatekeeping thing, I've been watching The Real World. <laughs> Sorry, not the regular Real World. The Real World Homecoming, which is, like, <laughs> the, they're having, like, the old people reunite. You get me? Okay, yeah. So I watched the L.A. season, <laughs> which is uh, the second ever Real World. So yeah. they were 92, I believe. Those people got to be and old so as hell like, by now. Dude, shut the fuck up. They're, like five years older than me or something <laughs> or no i was like no that's not true at 92 i was like 12 so they were like in their 20 they, yeah so they were like 25 yeah so they're much older than me okay okay right. yeah they were yeah, in their so 20s in the 90s <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah you're right you're right but here's what's funny okay um on the show on the original show uh there was a cast member named beth well there were two Beths, but beth a i believe she was a lesbian. She is a lesbian. Sorry that I used past tense. She is a lesbian, and she was the first lesbian, like, out on TV, pretty much. Like, you know, when she... So she went on the show, and she had, like, a short boy haircut, and then she wore a T-shirt that said, like, I'm not gay, but my girlfriend is. And that's kind of, like, how she 
came out to the roommates because then the roommates were like, oh, you know, funny shirt. Or like one of them was like, what's that shirt supposed to mean? And the other one's like, oh, it's just a joke. <laughs> and then Beth was like, no, it's not. A j- I mean, it's a joke, but I, yeah, I'm a lesbian, you know? So then like in 92 here, we're having, we're watching this like black woman be like, oh man, I have so many questions about that. Is that rude? If I ask you questions about like, you know, <laughs> fucking being a lesbian and what that's like. And then you got like the Southern Christian white guy who's like, that shit's a sin, (laughs) you know, like immediately, like you're a fucking sinner, like, oh my God. And I say all this because she was, you know, one of the first gay people that you saw on TV. Like this is before Ellen was out, before Melissa Etheridge was out. Like there was no big lesbian or any like lesbian representation on TV really that I can think of. Yeah. And it's crazy how much it all shifted like within a couple of decades. Totally. And so then what happened is that she married a woman who she was with for like 13 years or some shit. And then after they broke up, she met a man. And for the first time in her life, she fucking had a serious relationship with a man and she'd married a dude. Right. But she, like, comes on the show, and so the castmates are all like, oh, my God, you married a man. That's so funny. That's crazy, you know? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she starts talking to them about the fact that, like, she's had people online and everything say shit to her, like, how she shouldn't be claiming queerness and she shouldn't, like, pretend that she represents LGBTQ people or their issues because, obviously, she's in a cis, uh, straight cis relationship and that has now been going on for like 10 years, right? And she had a son with him um, who was trans now, actually. So a daughter, I'm sorry. No, sorry. The son, yeah, he, she had a son, sorry. Why um, are you mad so, at gmail.com? Yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Where you> can <laughs> and she had a child, whatever. She had a child with this dude. And so like basically like some gay, some LGBTQ people started being like, oh, you, you can't fucking pretend that you represent us anymore, whatever. And she's like talking about it and it like made her, it would like hurt her. Cause she's like, you know, like I still identify as the lesbian. I just happen to like, I've fallen in love with a man, <laughs> you know, like, right. and she's like, and so honestly being like the age that she is, if she um, had the language or were more comfortable, then she would probably be somebody who would identify as pansexual, you know, and like have a uh, better understand. I don't want to say better, uh, be up on the modern fucking words right right the lexicon um but instead here's this person who did actually put themselves on the line by very publicly coming out like in a case where like not all of her family really knew that she was out and uh you know this is like the beginning of reality tv so they were like real famous you get me um and it was when it was still like a monocultural like everybody watches the same shit on the night before you know what i mean yeah so it's not like going on a reality show now (laughs) you know um and so it's just this weird thing that it reminded me of what you were saying because i think that to go back like okay so to connect the queer and the trad thing of what i'm trying to say is queer people can be trads right we know this Queer people, regardless of if of how many hardships they may have faced, queer people can be uh, super Christian, want to stay virgins till they get married, marry one person, have babies, and buy the same mayo as their mom. Okay, Pete Buttigieg. Yes, exactly. So 
what I am kind of suggesting is that if you consider um, queerness as not related to sexuality, I guess like Bell Hooks is saying, then queerness can be understood to be, in my opinion, um, the opposite of trans. Because to be queer, like I would, this is gonna get me so canceled, but I wouldn't say like people who are like neurologically divergent are queer. You know, like I think that the fact that you can't and don't really want to live in the way that most people live makes you queer. And I don't think that that is any way, in any way erasing or co-opting the specific struggles and discrimination faced by people who are gay or lesbian or pansexual or transsexual. Well, that's why there are like specific terms for those things. And then there's yeah, yeah, like yeah. this kind of wide uh, umbrella thing that's yeah. a, like a concept which is like the way bell hooks is wording it is right you know that the your sexuality in that specific sense can and often is can be and often is the component that like causes this alienation that we're talking about here yeah but it's not necessarily and it's like an important exactly. distinction i mean also like what would you tell like an asexual person or something that's like, what i was just gonna yeah. say i'm like so if they don't fuck anyone then they don't have an identity and it's like, also I, it's, yeah. it's just like isn't the whole fucking isn't this is one of those things where you're just like why are we fighting we're on the same side like isn't the whole thing here to fucking f to overthrow the hegemonic evil thing that we all are against you know well, that's the thing here's the problem what i'm suggesting is that um part one queers queer People can be treads if we are understanding queer as sexually, right? As like right. The other LGBT parts. <laughs> and non-traditional people can be queer if we understand it to not necessarily have to encompass queer sexuality, right? So if the the tread <laughs> Part of being trad is gatekeeping and it's being like, well, this is what I'm saying about like, so, yeah, the, so the like, impulse. Look, when you say like, isn't the goal that we all want to take down this hegemonic cultural oppressive thing. That's the thing. There are, let me not say queer people. There are LGBTQ people who don't want to take down the hegemonic thing. Right. They want a place in it. You understand me? Yeah. And I think that those are the same, uh, sorry, LGBTQ people who would be likely to try to then gatekeep who doesn't, does not belong within the LGBTQ umbrella Yeah. or within the queer umbrella. Because I don't, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I have, I have sex with different types of people, but I don't even claim LGBTQ stuff, but I do claim queer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, because I don't, to me, it's not associated with who I have sex with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, everybody just argues about these words, so I'm all about making up new concepts. So I've been identifying yeah. as uh, just weird. Ooh, weirdo. I think it's funny because well, it's just bizarre. So, but what I was going to get at, though, is that... The, wait, hold on. Before you say that, okay. The Matrix, another great quote from The Matrix, uh, some fucking guy said something like, oh, I don't understand why... I think maybe it was Neil, but it was like... Uh, 
why are, why are we looking at old code if we're trying to build something new? Oh, like, damn. Yeah. That's the whole fucking point. And that's what <laughs> I would say to LGBTQ trads is that you are trying to edit the old code to make space for you. And that is never going to work. I mean, it will. But all you will do is become part of the hegemony that oppresses others into behaving in their perfect little boxes. Yeah. I mean, there's also just like straight people that it's straight white people. I think I should point out also that like make this point often about like guys like me basically and sort of try to like discourage me from even like going down this road because it's like, you know, uh, this somehow see it as something that they feel entitled to, stop me from doing to somebody else like from overtaking you know overstepping my bounds here or whatever and to those people i always am like so like you mean like a non-queer person that's telling you that you don't have the right to do that straight white women love to do this on twitter (laughs) like they and they like to consider themselves to be like oh i'm a big ally i have all these gay friends or whatever but like what you're doing when you poke your nose in other people's business like this and police like what they're trying to just explore. None of this has any fucking material. Like I don't get a yeah. badge or whatever. You know, it's it's just something like an idea someone's fleshing out. When someone takes like uh, umbrage with that, I think what they're often doing is engaging in fucking trad patriarchal shit, but using window dressing that makes it sound like. But I'm doing this because I'm such a defender of the queer world it's like you don't even understand what the fuck that means otherwise you would understand this bell hooks quote and it's probably somebody who doesn't fucking feel alienation in that way and therefore like can't understand that it's this malleable thing you know some people aren't alienated some people fucking have a pretty good time with the rules well adjusted yeah and enjoy that bullshit benefit from them pretty fucking well (laughs) although although i would argue that a lot of these people actually like you like don't well they don't realize how miserable they are it's like you know there's trad people who are like all they ever talk about is how horrible their dating life is and stuff and they're like and then they're but they're like their wife and then their kids are bad but then they also hate like polyamorous people and all this stuff and it's like what but you, why do you support the system that makes you miserable and you last act Jake, with this realism Jake about it be, where it's, there's no Jake alternative? can't be happy. Nobody else should be happy. It's also like what's weird about like how people just go around telling each other that like getting married and having a baby is so great. You got to do it. You got to do it. Oh, my God. You got to do it. And then like it al- almost always it like literally mathematically almost always turns out to not have been that great. <laughs> Like you got divorced, yeah. it didn't work out. <laughs> like, you always get divorced. I, I just had a. I remember I had a friend who was like, "You didn't move to New York and become one of those fucking non-monogamous people." At one point when I was home visiting, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I, "I mean, I like literally am not the guy who's walking around rubbing your face in this." You asked me the question. Yeah. Here's the answer. And then he kind of gave me yeah. the stink eye about it, and I was, and he he was divorced, like freshly divorced, and I was like. Fuck you! This is like the <laughs> like your thing didn't like, work. You're the loser in this conversation, my friend. And you're casting me in this role of like the obnoxious, yeah. over the top, rubbing it in your face person. It's like a thing that you fucking ass. I don't know, man. People just die. Yeah. Are goddamn backwards. But you know, not, it's nothing new. No, nothing <sighs> new. But 
Anyway, um, I just like to say because I'm I'm getting the vibe that you guys probably hated on uh, <laughs> the Matrix. Uh, Rev- what is it? <laughs> no, what's it called? Resurrected. Resurrections, uh, I think. Yeah, um, but I thought it was really great. <laughs> I thought Kujaku was great, and Sabebe. I don't like that guy. Stop bringing him up. Uh, <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> I liked it because of this. Jake, because honestly, okay, so when I say that like trans people and LGBT people um, have made a lot of the most of the strides for living differently, you know, um, to me, this Matrix movie is an example of that. Because even if you are a fucking like the straightest, cisest, whitest woman <laughs> and you watch the Matrix, like maybe you can possibly think about like oh shit like you know am i doing this career because i actually have a passion for this or is it because my dad expected me to do this do i actually want to marry this fucking dude or is it just that like i've been with him since college and everybody expects us to get married do i actually fucking want to have babies or is it that i've had a baby doll in my hand from the moment i was born and literally it's the only thing anybody ever expected of me i don't know i think it's great i think it's um uh, and wonderful and it does what sci-fi is supposed to do which is to examine our current conditions and project the future in which we like actually deal with the present <laughs> I mean which reminds me I want, I want to talk about Terminator 2 the next time. okay well, let me tell you what I okay well that's yeah. on Netflix I might watch that but okay with, with short answer what I thought of that movie the new Matrix is I agreed with it, but I did not enjoy like the experience of watching it because <laughs> I mean, they did this meta thing where they explained to you via the movie through a wing that they were forced to make the movie and that they didn't want to make it and that they were making it a bad movie yeah. on purpose to fuck with that, which is very funny. However, it was it's two and a half hours and long and like oh, it was a bad movie, <laughs> like as a joke. Yeah, I. You know, I often want to blame the editor because uh, I do think, yeah. I I got it, man. That shit about the new world. I got (laughs) the joke and I really appreciated it. But like they executed it well enough to where it was unenjoyable. Like that was the point. So I'm like, just I don't know. I'm kind of confused about it. It just had too much stuff that wasn't necessary. (laughs) But if it had been edited well and tightly. And I think this is the thing. Like I've told comics like, uh, you know, okay, here's stand-up comedy tie-in uh sometimes stand-ups will do this thing where um let's say they're doing a 10-minute set or a 15-minute set and they're doing okay or they're doing well but then like they get towards the last few minutes of the set and the joke they do doesn't hit right so now they kind of like start to panic that they're not going to end on a high note yeah so they run the light in yeah. an attempt to like end just, on a high note. It just gets but worse. then they're just like chasing this like shadow <laughs> and it very rarely works, right? Unless you like go for a tried and true this one always kills kind of closer. Yeah. You are always running the light to your disadvantage, okay? Because it is like in that situation you were better off bailing at 8 minutes instead of trying to stretch the 10 into 12. You get me? <laughs> because it is a more impactful um, experience of art to get something like brief and quick and sure than it is to get a long ambling, hasn't decided where it's going and might hit thing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that was the problem with The Matrix. Uh, I loved all the corny, like, references. I loved the way they deal dealt with, like, having the different people, like, different actors instead of the same actors from before. It's great. What are you talking about? It's perfect. It's wonderful. Weird. Everything was great. Uh... Lawrence Fishburne wanted to be in the movie. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, whatever. We don't need him. For what? <laughs> no, he rules. <laughs> he's so much... He I does mean, rule. New guy's fine, but like... he's He a- does rule, but it wouldn't have worked. It doesn't make sense to bring back all the people. It's like 60 years later. How did they all survive? They said that they didn't put, bring in Morpheus and that he had to be killed because he... His character died in some weird esoteric, like, fucking cell phone video game oh, that was part right. of canon yeah, or so something. Yeah, so they had to keep it. But, oh. like, that's also bullshit. That's a stupid reason. I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, also, I don't believe it. Like, The Matrix also has this longstanding history of uh, actors asking for more money, and then instead of them oh. giving it to them, they write them out of it. Like, the they second. Just write them out. <laughs> the reason the second movie starts off with, like, that character Dozer, they're just like, wow. It's crazy that he died off screen just now, and then the movie starts yeah. is because he asked for more money to be in the second one, and the studio. Mm-hmm. So this is me- that's why it was interesting that they did a meta fucking Matrix yeah. because the Matrix is ultra meta, and it does yeah. have to do with like the studio and stuff, especially the second yeah. and third movies and stuff where it turns into like Hollywood bullshit. Yeah. So like it's all in there, it's fine, but. Uh, well, don't you think? Did you not think that it was like okay? I'm not. I'm really not trying to say that it was a good movie. I'm just saying I liked it. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, question for you: You don't think like okay? So you know, in the part in the beginning where he's like still in the new Matrix and he is now tasked with the you know it's when they tell us like they, the whole like they didn't want to make the new movie thing, right? Yeah. And now he's tasked with making this game that he doesn't want to make, and then every day he goes to work. And he's like surrounded by all these fucking assholes at work, and they keep saying the same phrases to him, like, "Oh, they need the bullet time." Yeah, you know what the Matrix <laughs> is? It's uh, it blows. It has to blow your mind. <sighs> and so what we're seeing is like this like um, montage that is like a looping, right? Kind of a loop of his everyday. I go to the office, and then I have these assholes kiss my butt, and then they like tell me what my art is supposed to be. Right. And then I have to fucking nod and do what they want me to do. And then the next morning I wake up and I fucking do it again. And to me, it was a really good representation, both of like the capitalist part of the matrix. Right. Of like, even if you have an easy bullshit job, you still are the slave to like you wake up and you go there and you nod and you show up to the meeting and you drink the bad coffee and then you fucking send the email. and then, <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then also to the artist struggle in this world of like people telling you what was good about your art and how you should make the next one and what they expect it to be you know what i mean yeah and he's just like hitting his head on a wall over and over and over of people just being like this is what we want you to produce this is what is good this is what is great we don't care that you you were the genius that came up with the original thing that was good we are now going to tell you this is how you must. Oh yeah. Oh my. I mean, God. Of course, you come up with a thing, and then that somehow, yeah. somehow, a cycle later, people are over-explaining yeah. your thing to you, and you're like, "No, I've moved on." Yeah. Yeah. Could totally I fucking it was relate, great, dude. Uh, it was the version of that of like the babies for what's her face <laughs> of like being trapped with like, oh, but don't I love them? Oh, they're calling me. Oh my god. Yeah. No responsibility. Oh. It's, that's there's like a you can make an alternate version of this where it's like um, 
you know, Jeff Foxworthy and the people are going like, you got to do, you might be a redneck again. And he's like, but I have new ideas that I want to explore. I'm not yeah. just this thing, you know? And they're like, no, no, Jeff, this is what the people want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, we're all stuck in a matrix and yeah. And I don't know, I guess um, I do think that there is a big difference between people who are happy to be in the matrix or not necessarily happy, but they're not interested to know or to have their world disturbed. And they're, you know, like, um, uh, you remember in the first one, what's his face? The, the steak, right? Where he's eating the steak or he would be like, yeah, pantaloon. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. the thing about the steak is like, I know it's not real, but it tastes real and it's delicious. And like, I don't care. And so the great thing about that character in that moment is that he represents the third group, right? Because the first group is all the humans who don't know they're in a matrix and honestly would rather not know because they wouldn't want to have to leave it and fight the fight that means leaving it. And then there are the humans who do want to know and then once they find out, they want to do the work to escape it. And, they're, and then there are the ones who find out accidentally <laughs> that they're in a matrix and they're like, oh, hell no. I'm going to get drunk and go eat some steak <laughs> and like just be part of the thing and like have babies and get married and be a trad in every way. And then once in a while, I like, kill a hooker, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. So that's where I come from. We're like, I don't know. I'm not trying. I don't even think I need to take the weird word queer, but I do think that the sentiment behind queerness refers to the same thing we're talking about it does not refer to who you fuck or how you fuck it refers to li living or living differently or feeling incapable of living the way that society expects you to live yeah for sure i agree like Kujaku, who is my friend. <laughs> Kujaku, don't let society tell you that you can't be a flying manta ray that's also a robot. Warrior. That's also an Iono, uh, whatever, that's friends with the Matrix I people. Ionin? I don't know. You know what's confusing about the Matrix movies to me? There's not a name mm. for the people that are like outside, outside of the, of the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, I always want to. I use a shorthand to be like, this is just like if we were, uh, but there's not a name for them. Yeah, we don't have a name. Ion Ionians. Ionians? Yeah, like onions? Ionians? I'm going to call them onions. Onions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Man. Well, I uh, enjoyed that quote. That was good. I liked it. Mm, and next time, let's talk about Terminator 2. Watch it in your hotel. Okay. Eight. Send all of your angry emails to whyyoumadpod <laughs> at gmail.com. I promise we, we have good intentions here, that. you know? Come on. We apologize to everyone that we spoke about or in direction of. <laughs> and read Tranny by Laura Jane Grace. I promise if you read that book, then you, I don't think you'll come away feeling the need to defend per yeah. calling. You've seen it. Uh, Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, calling. I was thinking about that email that we got, and now I'm actually kind of like, ah, that was actually bullshit because it was bullshit. It wasn't dead naming is when you name somebody yeah. now by their old name, but if uh, plenty of trans people are like, will refer to themselves in the past, telling you a story and go, yeah. 
you know, when I was yeah. Jerry or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it's not dead naming. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's fair. And and honestly, it's fine. It's fine that they wrote the email. I really don't think it was like. I think it was like a little bit too alarmed in tone, but I don't think it's wrong either to just have been like, hey, you should have at least mentioned that this person has this identifies this way now. And that's fine. We did. We addressed it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. I'm not mad at that person, by the way, <laughs> even though I yelled at you a lot when you wrote that email. <laughs> uh, uh, it happens. What are you going to do? Uh, write us at whymadpod at gmail.com with other things that are not complaints. And also, I just need you all to know that for the last hour, I've been watching the DiSerono commercial <laughs> behind Jake's head. And it's like driving me insane. This lady keeps licking the ice cube. And I'm like, it's the greatest commercial of all time. Yeah, it's my background oh my on Zoom. It's just a, you can make video. No one ever does is You make a video of your background. So I just loop that commercial. So it's the guy so going, DiSerono on the rocks. DiSerono on the rocks. You'll wish. It would never end, is how the commercial ends. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Oh, yeah. but an amaretto sour is what I would drink when I was like not an alcohol drinker. And then I'd be like, I'll have wine. And then I'd take a little like sips all night from the one. <laughs> I was at a bar a while back and somebody came, somebody real young came in and ordered a decerone on the rocks and didn't understand. No, really? They didn't understand why everyone started laughing. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> like, oh my God. And everyone was like, how do you even know what that is? if you've never seen the yeah. commercial and they they were just like i just i don't know <laughs> just thought it sounded <laughs> good yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to sound cool when growing up i guess i don't know <laughs> uh all right dude get home safe when are you gonna be home by probably tomorrow i'm just oh, i mean okay, there's cool. no shows like, i'm not doing shows or anything i'm yeah. literally just and are you fucking... doing the show here in brooklyn or what my show is happening Tuesday night, the 18th, at the uh, the gutter at 9 p.m. Tickets are on sale. They're in my pinned tweet and everything. If I don't cancel this tomorrow, but the ticket link will let you know. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. Everyone, like, there's, there's a thing in the air now of like, no, oh, you're doing a show. But then there's also like... People are just on tour and shit. There's They're no their life. universal yeah, reality and like you don't have to come. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, uh, man. I mean, I just feel, you want. I need to uh, my my personal CDC policy, you know, since we all have to make up our own policy, is uh, <laughs> that I will go places, but if I arrive there and there's too many people and not enough space, I leave. Oh, don't worry, it's a show I'm putting together, so you'll <laughs> yeah, be safe. So be, <laughs> a few of us will be having a good time, yeah. Uh, plus, that place is cool, so yeah, I'll be there probably, 99%. It's got all my homies on it, so yeah. Yeah. Come, come on out, people. Not too many of you, only cool people, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, terrible at promoting. Isn't, this, isn't that great? I hate COVID because it's like... You can't, you literally, it's a bad idea to have a successful show. So everything mm -hmm. is just like this weird middle. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I have to, I have to stay in practice for E6 tour. So yeah. I got to do something. Also, I have a live show or I have a, a fucking Zoom show. Uh, I'll link the tickets to. It's on Rush Ticks. And I'm going to write Zoom specific jokes. Uh, I don't like half assing these things. So if you're if you're a Zoom freak and you like watching that that shit, or you live somewhere where you can't come see live shows and you want to hear material, watch cool. this Do fucking Rush Ticks show, man. That's great. 
All right. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. Excelente.